WTOC AM, W236CR, Indianapolis. Keeping you informed with what's happening in and around Indy. It's Community Connection. Brought to you by Child Advocates. Your voice, their future. On Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM. And good afternoon and welcome to Community Connection. I'm Tina Cosby. Today is Wednesday, January the 10th. 317-972-3008 is our new phone number our new listener line for all of you uh, to call in 317-972-3008 uh, I'd like to remind everyone that uh, yesterday's food and meal distribution uh, that we have once a month with the Indianapolis Urban League at the Indianapolis Urban League and with other uh, community volunteers um, that was postponed until tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. It was postponed until tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Again, our regular monthly food and meal distribution at the Indianapolis Urban League uh, with uh, volunteers, uh, the Urban League, uh, the stations of Radio 1, and our community partners. That has been postponed until tomorrow morning, uh, 10 a.m., Briefly postponed until tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., due to weather concerns. Uh, everything, again, will resume tomorrow, 10 a.m., 777 Indiana Avenue. Uh, and as always, until the food is gone. So we wanted to make sure that we got that reminder out there so that um, you don't miss this month's uh, distribution uh, if you were planning on being there for that. Uh, several days ago, we had a brief uh, discussion about where to find uh, books on the history of Indiana Avenue. Uh, the caller at the time was genuinely searching uh, for more information and felt like they did not know where to find uh, the info, uh, specifically the books. Well, coming up in our second hour, we're going to be hearing about a production uh, that's about to hit the local stage uh, that tells uh, the rich history of Indiana Avenue live and in person. Again, that's coming up in our second hour. Right now, let's bring in our contributing analyst, James Patterson. James, 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 welcome back. How are you? I'm doing good, and how are you today? We're, do, we're doing well. We're doing well. Thank yeah, you very much. That's good. It's, it's really a good day to be alive. Uh, you know, it's a new day, and so we're thankful for that. But mm-hmm. I'm feeling pretty good. I'm, I'm somewhat sad about the passing of your colleague over mm-hmm. there, uh, down there uh, at Jerry. Urban One. Jerry, yeah, yeah uh, Jerry Wade. Yeah, yeah. Just you know, it's uh, he was a longtime icon in the community, and uh, his voice, if nothing else, if people didn't know the person, they knew the voice mm-hmm. because you know every now and then some of us would come across his show, and um, it, it it was you know recognizable immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's been here for so long, so I mm-hmm. I do give. Uh, I, my deepest sorrows and condolences we to his family on his passing. That. Yeah, yes, yeah, and, and, and the radio family, and the radio one family, absolutely. Yeah. And and I can say, uh, without a doubt, unequivocally, that the uh, the community has been absolutely wonderful, absolutely outstanding, and we cannot thank you and everyone else. Uh, we you know we we say it, uh, but it truly does mean a lot to the to everyone here. 
um, yeah. the uh, the condolences and the support. So uh, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so how how have you been uh, since you were last here? Let's see. What? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Last Friday. Last Friday. Think, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I've been I've been I've been uh, doing uh, really well. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, again, thankful for for life and for an opportunity to, you know, see another day. And that that's always a not that I don't expect to. <laughs> you know, I I always expect to, but I'm grateful when I do see another day because not everybody can not everybody can say that. Uh, you know, with uh, literally they can't say that because people are leaving us unfortunately all the time. Um, we have these, you know, these viruses now that we have to deal with every winter more than we have in the past since 2020, you know, with the uh, introduction of COVID into our lives, sadly. And um, it's just, you know, just people just leaving. I mean, Jerry Wade was what? I've, I've heard a couple of ages, but I'm mostly at 61. Was he 61? Mm-hmm. I did hear 63, too. But mm-hmm. I mean, that's yeah. relatively young. Yeah, I think yeah, to, yeah. To, to be leaving us. Um, so it, it, each day is not is not yeah. promised to us, folks. Yeah. I, I just, you know, Tina, I, I just I just uh, think that we ought to be thankful for each each day that we get, each breath we get. So that's that's kind of me. But um, over the weekend, I, you know, I I did it's something I I don't normally like to do, but when when our teams have big games, I, I try to stay away from, from watching them because I don't want to be disappointed. Mm-hmm. Like, my, like my brother who lives in Chicago, and I know AJ comes from there too. He says, when the Bears play, I always allow two hours after the game to decompress. You know? <laughs> yeah, and I think with the Colts, you need two days to two weeks. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. but, um, but you know what, James, it just goes back to the conversation. Well, you weren't you weren't on that day, but um, there, there was a caller that really went in, you know, went in on Danny and me to a degree because we were just saying, I don't know, you know, well, what do you mean? The Colts are good. They've done this. They look at what they've achieved and blah, blah, blah. How can you say, well, just because of that, because you have to keep an even keel, um, until a, a, a reputation, until a tradition, until something has been established that you can fairly well depend on. Uh, and if they've shown to be inconsistent, you've got to acknowledge that. And yeah, you, yeah. that has to factor into uh, watching and your expectations. You have to factor in the fact that they are very, very, very inconsistent into your expectations. Because what's the old saying? Expect nothing and you're seldom disappointed. But um, And yeah. that's that's not being negative. I think that that's just being uh, you know what you have to be at this point in their development now right, right. as they get a little bit more consistent a little bit more reliable then you know maybe we can you know we can just say that but you know yeah. we, we knew that that collapse uh saturday was a possibility we knew that gardner Minshew is as good as he can be some days uh he can stink it up others and and we knew that they don't always uh, the, the play calling on the sideline isn't always. Uh, it, it sometimes it's a head scratcher, you know. And I think that's the that yeah, you, well, know, you know. It it is what it I, is. I, it was what it was. Yeah. I I I concur with you on some of that. But I, I take a slightly different view. My word for the team this year is remarkable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some people predicted that they would only win three, four, right, five right. games at the most. Right. And they and they got to the brink of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And this this name won't won't mean a thing to you or AJ or anybody who's listening. Mark 
Sauer. That's a young man that I grew up with, Mark Sauer. Just a thin little little white kid. I mean, you know, he's maybe 5'10", 5'11", and mm. didn't look like much of anything. But, man, we we played, you know, on the sand line. I just wasn't sand. It was grass, but it was in our public housing project that we grew up with. In the middle of it, a big old field, we played baseball. We had a baseball, softball diamond, and we played football. And Mark Sauer could throw that ball he could catch that ball, and he could run like the wind. And he wasn't big as a minute. But, you know, I, I would really put him in the same category as Gardner Minshew. And I know you said, you know, he's, he could stink it up sometimes. But, man, I watched that game on Sunday. And just as an example of what I'm saying, he hit Mo Alley Cox, the tight end for the Colts, right on the button, right in the numbers, and he dropped the ball just as uh, the last play of the game went um, he, mm, with number 31. He missed, he, he missed his receiver badly on that, call, on that play, though, James. Now, it was a catchable ball, but it wasn't yeah. his best throw. I mean, it certainly wasn't. No, but you can't blame him. Well, like like uh, Jonathan Taylor said, you got to make that play. Yeah, you got to make the play. You got to make all of them. You know, Minshew yeah. has to make a good pass. The receiver has to catch it. Um, you know, and he, and you you know everything's not going to be perfect, but no. Nope. Uh, and you got you yeah. got to pull that in. Yeah, but and he, to me, he he as much criticism as he he's gotten. Yeah. Look at what he did. They had yeah. nine wins. Yeah, and I don't. You know what? Here's the thing. I I'm not. But I don't think that the whole game should be played. You know, even though he had probably one of his worst games of the season, um, statistically he did. I mean that the numbers don't lie. He did not have a a stellar game. He's had better games. I'll put it that way. But he can't be. He's a backup. The the the, the young man who missed the ball. Uh, there about. I mean, so we have to remember uh, that. You know that's who we're playing with, and but the same backups that that got us to that point, you know they they can they they do what they do. And um, coach, the coaching staff should not be, um, you know, they should not evade criticism as well. Well, because, that's exactly what I was. Yeah, yeah. Saying. I mean, because the two plays before that, they ran running plays. They didn't give Minshew an opportunity to pass. Yeah, and you that's know, what drove John- me crazy. The last play of the game should have been the second to last or third, at least yeah, the play before yeah. that. Why would you wait until the whole game is on the backs of – yeah, that that I didn't understand. Anyway. And, and then he blew a timeout when he didn't need to, so they really didn't yeah. have three timeouts left in case the other team got the ball to try again. Yeah. I mean, Steichen, Coach Steichen is a first-year coach. He did a remarkable job as well. But he needs to grow into the position as well. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. That's, that's I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I just think with they're them. a remarkable team. They, they come far. Mm-hmm. You know, our hearts were broken when he dropped the pass, when they could have scored with a few minutes, a few seconds left and probably won. You can't take credit away from the Texans, who have a great quarterback and a great team. Ah, um, yeah. yeah. I love what I saw out of the Texans and uh, young Mr. C.J. Stroud. I, I mean, I think that that is just one star in the making. I, I really yeah. do. He's, uh, and they, 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 they were able to beat the Colts, and they should not have been able to do that. They should not have been able to beat yeah. the Colts with a depleted receiving core. 
yeah. and a, a, a quarterback and a receiver. I mean, it was like two against. <laughs> I mean, they shouldn't have been able to do that. So yeah. we got we got uh, some and, things and we need to fix. Too. Yeah. The defensive defense, coordinator needs yeah. to be looked mm-hmm. at for the Colts. I mean, yeah. when they blitzed him, like mm-hmm. that one time that um, mm-hmm. Forrest Buckner got mm-hmm. that sack. Remember that? Mm-hmm. I mean, and then they go back to this coverage, this um, – Make you know, no um, Coach yeah. Dungey used to call it Tampa, Tampa, Tampa two. two, Tampa two. Yeah, yes. or now they're in like something three, but no, they you've got to put pressure on the passer or, or any good mm-hmm. NFL player, yeah. passer, quarterback mm-hmm. is going to. But you know you what? Apart. But you know what, James? Uh, he catches that ball, scores, we win. How many yes. times do we have this conversation? Yeah, you see what I'm yeah. saying. You know, this critical you, look back. No, no, no. I'm just you. saying this critical look at the game as a whole. Do we even have this conversation if they win? No. No, and everybody says, you know, Gardner Minshew, a backup, if we win, he brought him to the playoffs. And maybe if mm-hmm. if it turned out the way it did on Sunday, the AFC South title, Gardner Minshew. Can you imagine that? One mm-hmm. catch and Gardner Minshew. It mm-hmm. would be a completely different, like you said, conversation. Yeah, yeah. A uh, completely different conversation, yeah, yeah. indeed. Uh, so, James, um, got a lot of stuff to, to talk about. A little bit of breaking news right before we came on, but uh, Jeff is with us, uh, so let's let's talk to Jeff real quick. Hey, Jeff, what's going on? Hey, guys, how you doing? Good, how are you? Hey, Jeff. Good. They don't call him the cardiac coach for nothing, that's for <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, teenage, like I said, you were on point. I mean, there's no point of putting all your expectations, these guys, because the Colts are experts at letting people down. And uh, this past game, this past last game with the uh, Texans was excellent example. I mean, they had every golden opportunity, and they blew it. You know, and they, I mean, once again, they were, they were in this position some years ago. All you had to do was just win a game, and you're in a playoff. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't deliver. Couldn't deliver. All you had to do was just win a game. If you win, you're in, and each time they just whatever. So I don't know. I think they have a lot to build on, and uh, they they got some, you know, they need some tweaking. No, no, not for sure. They need some tweaking, and and uh, hopefully when Mr. Richardson gets healthy again and he's back on top of his game, that hopefully we'll be dealing with another you know, season and a much better team. So, mm-hmm. uh, but like you said, Tina, these, these guys, they do give you a nervous breakdown. If you, you know, if you put all your soul and heart and soul into them, because, uh, uh, I don't know. But anyway, I got two things I want to bring up. Uh, Hunter Biden showed up at the, uh, <laughs> at, and he made, he's like, I'm here. What you guys going to do? <laughs> I punked him, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he punked, he punked him royally. Like, I'm here. Well, I, I mean, what, what I'm now? Like, yeah, I'm. Uh, you can, how you going to arrest me? You know, I'm here. You know, I, you know, I didn't violate you no know, subpoena like your lord and master and uh, you know the, the the serial career criminal who they worship. Mm-hmm. And it was it, it was a clown show. I mean, he just made these guys look like. I mean, the three Stooges could have done a better job than Scott than the Republican Party. And. Uh, uh, and also, and I got to ask James this. I have to ask James because me and James are both Navy guys. What do you think about Trump going to get SEAL Team 6 to kill all his, his uh, political opponents? What do you think? Yeah. What now? Say that again. What did you, you say? Who? Yeah, what did you say? Yeah, Donald Trump said, 
I, he could get, he could make a phone call, have SEAL Team Six to kill all his political point, opponents, and not face any consequences. Well, I, I don't think he said that. Wasn't that a, 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 a theoretical a or judge, hypo, a, hypothetical a, that a judge it issued? Was a hypothetical. That the judge, was, yeah. yeah, he can't do that. And his oh, attorney okay. said he could. Yeah. Well, his attorney was arguing. Uh, Trying to uh, to to make a point and their appeal, and um, that was the attorney's argument. Um, yeah. I I didn't think much of it. Uh, neither did the judges seem to think much of it because it was ridiculous. Um, yeah, yeah, and this goes back to to him saying that you know I can go on Fifth Avenue, shoot somebody, and and, they, and I won't spend a, I won't face no consequences about it. So uh, yeah, that, 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 that Jeff, that's also. That 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 hypothetical, but here's what he is, you know, is what was presented. But here's what he did say. He said during the, his appearance uh, in the court of appeals, I believe it was yesterday. Yeah, he said that after he didn't say anything during uh, because that was between his lawyers, the prosecutors, and the judges, the three uh, three judge panel. He says presidents have absolute immunity i mean did he read nixon v usa mm-hmm. i mean they do not and so that that's troubling because he believes that he mm-hmm. he believes that and then he also said if he is prosecuted while campaigning for president he calls that election interference there will be quote bedlam bedlam in mm-hmm. the u.s yeah, yeah. bedlam so yeah. that, that, a, that, a, a threat a, a clear threat yes yeah, exactly. You know, he's uh, it's almost like a mobster threatening a judge, you know, or threatening the public. Hey, you know, if I go to judge, there's going to be some trouble, you know, and all that, you know. And you know, he, he obviously we're dealing with a very insecure man, and uh, and uh, he, he's a cult leader. Let's just call it for what it is. And oh, guess who else is getting taped with the whole birther thing? Nikki Haley. Trump said that she really shouldn't be president. Because of her parents were not natural Americans or whatever it was, but so now Nikki Haley get the taste what Barack Obama had to deal with, you know, and uh, the birther. And again, we don't get yeah, a birther thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nikki Nikki Haley is. I mean, she's now starting to, in in her little mm-hmm. town hall appearances, uh, starting to talk about slavery since you know she was hit with that question and she couldn't figure out what was the cause of the civil war um and, and yeah. so you know and the next she knew day, it she knew it she just didn't want to you know she just she didn't want to no, say she was it. pandering no just uh, but yeah. but i think you know trump when he feels threatened uh you know that you know his place in the mm-hmm. world is threatened he he starts uh getting more and more ridiculous and my understanding if i'm correct is that she is really challenging him in new hampshire and could take that, and if that happens, that could be pretty significant. So uh, yeah, he's an he's excellent a, point, Tina. Yeah, I just yeah. saw a, a, a poll released yesterday or today. Mm-hmm. She has closed the gap. He's feeling the heat. In yeah, New he's Hampshire. feeling it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thirty-nine yeah. to thirty-two was this particular mm-hmm. poll. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that's to, that's to that's where that's yeah. coming from. It's just uh, yeah, yeah. Right, and uh, so and they say if, if, let they, him say it. Yeah, I'm sorry, but no. if DeSantis, DeSantis, DeSantis doesn't do very well in Iowa and New Hampshire, he's pretty much out of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's, he's, that's his last stand. 
Yeah, whether he knows it or not, he should have been. He should have bowed out a while ago because he's, <laughs> he's, he's really just wood floating in the water. I mean, that's what he is. It's just, it's nothing. And, you know, and, 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 right, and he's not a very likable guy. You know, he has the personality of a porcupine, and mm. you know, uh, he just, he just seemed like an angry guy. You know, like a, you mm. know, he just, you know, I mean, he, 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 he's not very likable. He's, that's how to me. He doesn't come across as very likable, you know. He, we know he's a racist jerk, but he just. He I was gonna say he can't lecture Nikki Haley on racial issues for no. sure. Just look at Florida. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so, so I, I don't know, but uh, I, um, I, uh, I, I just feel like, you know, uh, something's got to be done about Trump. And I mean, just just put the handcuffs on. He's like him up. He's threatening people and. Uh, and they and they talk about Joe Biden's mental health. Well, we if anybody really took a li- listen to Trump, the man sounds like a lunatic. Well, Jeff, I mean, that's new, isn't it? <laughs> 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 I mean, like, that's brand new, isn't it? You know, the Trump sounds like a lunatic. You know, so <laughs> and, and, the, and the people and the people who follow him is like, what? Are you, who are you? You know, I mean, I, I know what the answer is. I mean. Mm. Uh, you know, they're motivated by, you know, racist grievances and mm-hmm. patriarchal grievances. I mean, that's their motivation, you know. And the evangelicals said, well, we, you know, he's, a, he's, a, he's not our kind of guy, but he's a means to an end. And so I don't want to hear no more about family values and nothing like that. But Well, I don't even anyway, think they're standing on that as much, Jeff. I mean, I can't remember the last time I've heard them use that. Um, as an identifier for who they are. I, I haven't heard that. In, have you, James? Have you heard that for no. a while? I, they have not stood on mm-hmm. that for the longest. I, I, I think they unabashedly and unashamed, un, you know, they're, they're, they're unashamed of their hypocrisy. Uh, they're unashamed of their support and, and total dedication. to tra- And so they're, that's where they are. They're not going to try to be that because they, that's not where they want to be. Uh, and so, yeah, you know, within that, I mean, that, that I don't think that defines them anymore. And you know, I mean, if you look at Mike Braun, you know, his commercial running for governor, he talks about family values. Well, he and, can. Uh, yeah, we're we'll talking yeah. Mike Braun. So, I mean, uh, he's about his inner, he's about like Pink, about his interest in his dry paint, mm-hmm. you know. And, uh, but anyway, but it's always good to talk to you guys. And uh, once again, I give my condolences to your colleague there, Tina. And, Thank uh, you. Uh, he he will be missed, and uh, you know um, he was the last of the old school disc jockeys. You know when I was coming up, you know mm. the, the blue lights in the basements. And, uh, <laughs> you, you didn't have to worry about ending up with lead poison just because you went to a party. So Mm-mm. those were the good old days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah I don't know what happened, James. James, you know what happened? You know why they don't? You know what what happened to the going to the skating ring and going around the you know the ring and. But not just, yeah. anyway. I, I, I used to do that a yeah. lot when I was growing up, Jeff, going to the skating ring. That was nice. That was a nice time, you know, mm-hmm. what we did on Friday, Saturday night. No, no more. Then, it's a shooting game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. No, no more. I know there's a certain, I know there's a certain caller here, you know, he's, he's a hippie hopper, and he's going to talk about, oh, we, you know, you know, that's not the case. Well, you know, I went to the skating ring all the time. I'm a lousy skater, but, you know, I just went to Florida. The ambiance of it all, you know, and yeah, you know, but yeah. and and you know they they still have you know children's parties and things of that nature, but I I think you know a lot of people feel not to say that that's the case, but a lot of people feel 
that they're rolling the dice uh, and um, it, it, in going to anything like that, you know, and that's that's un- that's unfortunate because, again, um, they've been characterized as I was just saying shooting galleries. But a lot of people take their beefs to things in places like that. And exactly, exactly. how often have we heard of things, you know, it's it, situations like that taking place. So let, let's hope it gets cleaned up and folks can return back to some good, clean fun. So let's hope. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, well I wouldn't hold my breath, but I'm going to be positive. Jesus, yeah. You're a very positive person. We're trying to be. James is very, I know he's very <laughs> positive, but I mean, he just, he's just, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just being too nostalgic. I don't know. Yeah. No, wrong with it has changed, Jeff. You're right. It has, it has changed. So, yeah. all right, Jeff. Thank you very much, James. Um, we uh, got some news from the uh, IMPD uh, right before we came on the air. Let's let's yeah. talk about that. Um, yeah. Um, regarding the the chief of police, and uh, mm-hmm. we'll talk about that uh, right after this break. Let's take a quick. We'll be right back. Let's get back to the conversation. It's Community Connection with Tina Cosby on Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM, Indy's Inspiration Station. And we are back with Community Connection. Uh, James, I, uh, I I just watched that Representative Moskowitz uh, video in full. Have you seen oh, yeah. that? Uh, he got to him. Oh, my goodness. Torch. Oh, ow. <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> oh my God. I want to play it. I, I'm, I'm going to get sure. it to AJ in just a little bit to play it, and we'll, we'll get to that. But I mean, that is the play of the year. You talk about putting it in your face and making it. Oh my goodness! That mm. talk about your, you know, the words you've been using. We've been using hypocrisy. I mean, that shows. Oh my them. goodness! Blinding all, hypocrisy. Yeah, they, people will hear it when they hear the mm-hmm. the, the sound. But he he literally held up subpoenas. Which one by one ignored. by one, yeah. he presented a case and a half. You you guys are going to hear it. You're going to get to hear it, uh, and and then tell me what you think. But first, um, we we had uh, City County Council Majority Leader uh, Maggie Lewis on yesterday, and she uh, shared with us um, how the first City County Council meeting of the year uh, went, and uh, especially the news of uh, a lot of the councilors having new numbers, including hers, which is went from ten to five. So uh, there was a she strongly encouraged everyone to double check uh, at Indy.gov and and put your address and name in there and find out um, what uh, your representative may have changed your your district number, your district representative number may have changed. But just get in there and find out where you are, what your number is and who is representing you for 2024. I'm sorry if I said 2023. Um, And I I had asked her, I said, has the council. received any information on uh, possible replacements for Chief Taylor. Uh, and she said that they had not and that, you know, that this not anything she could reveal even if they had. But um, earlier, right before we came on, uh, news broke that the mayor, Mayor Joe Hogsett, has named Assistant Chief of Police Christopher Bailey as the interim chief, effective today, I do believe at 5 p.m., James. I think that's, that's correct. Yeah, to, effective today at 5 o'clock. So Chief Bailey, here's the wrinkle there. Chief Bailey has already taken his name out of consideration for the permanent job of chief and has assured and uh, basically made it clear uh, to the, the, the mayor that he will serve on an interim basis only. 
interim basis only. Now, yeah. Chief Taylor, as you know, uh, stepping down as chief at the end of this month and is going to transition to his new post um, as commander of the Victim Services Section of IMPD. Again, that's at the end of this month. So uh, interim chief of police effective today, uh, Assistant Chief Chris Bailey, um, a new uh, acting chief. Yeah, who is now the active chief. Yeah, acting chief. Uh, and um, the the chief will find out uh, when the mayor decides to name one. Uh, so. Yeah, yeah, Tina. And, you know, I, I looked at his statement, and here's part of his statement uh, that Hogsett put out, or his office, the mayor's office. Chief Bailey has been charged with immediately beginning to work with local criminal justice experts to recommend operational changes necessary to modernize the department in line with these efforts. Now, what are those efforts that he was talking about? It was laid out above that statement, and part of those are improving public safety by investing in a, quote, holistic approach of policing community and mental health-focused initiatives. Recommendations are expected to involve strategies to improve officer recruitment, a couple things, officer recruitment and retention of an outside review, an outside review of officer-involved shootings. Those are the things that he has charged um, Acting Chief Bailey with beginning. So, I mean, get the ball rolling on all of this. Exactly, yeah. If if he's out of contention, he's putting them to work on these right Mm -hmm. away Mm -hmm. for the uh, permanent chief. If he's out Mm -hmm. of contention for that, he's putting them to work. So I I thought it was really important to say those two things that, that the Hogshead statement said that he wants done and that's improve officer recruitment and retention. Tina, you've talked about that I don't know how many times. Mm-hmm. And an outside review or reviewer of officer-involved shootings. Now, that has been a hot topic here because of the large number, probably more than any time in modern history that I've known, that uh, officer-involved shootings that we've had the last part of this, this uh, 2023, this, this last mm-hmm. year. Yeah. Wow. Um, like you say, <laughs> uh, you know, kind of a heavy lift to, to be the interim, don't you think? But I, yeah. again, it's to get the ball rolling on it. And, that, that, that really caught my attention. Why are you charging him to do that when he has taken his name out of contention, mm-hmm, supposedly? Mm-hmm. So that's one to watch. I mean, are you charging him to do that and then you're going to sort of, you know, kind of lobby him to, to take it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. And know. then I've got some more comments if he does that. <laughs> I really do. So, oh, uh, involving, yeah, um, you know, mm-hmm. are you really changing administrations or not? But that's for another day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I, I I have to give it to, to Chief Bailey for saying uh, yes, but only so far. Uh, yeah. And and we'll find out how much he really means it. Uh, you that's know, I, right. I, but I... I've known Chief Bailey a little bit, a little bit of time, and he doesn't just say stuff. I think he genuinely means what he says. I, I just, okay. Okay, I, I don't know that he can be lobbied into. Uh, he may, I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Three one seven nine seven two three zero zero eight. Three one seven nine seven two three zero zero eight. Our new listener line is three one seven nine seven two three zero zero eight. Tina Cosby here with our contributing analyst James Patterson. James. Um, I have not heard um, a short list of names, though, either. That, that's been no. kept pretty close to the vest as well. I mean, I've heard a wish list and, and a couple of uh, 
Ida Williams, Commander Ida Williams, uh, has been uh, at the top of one, a couple of those wish lists. But there, have, there have, have been others. Have we ever had a female? Not a female chief. chief. We've had a female. No, we have not had a female chief. I can just say okay, that. Okay, that's unequivocally. my question. We have never had a what female What an opportunity. Uh, that would be an opportunity. And yes. she certainly is qualified. Yes, she is. And very level-headed from what I've heard of her. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are yeah. – she's probably one of a couple, three candidates who could fill that bill uh, of the female yeah. gender. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, yeah, and, and of course would make history uh, because she's also, uh, in, if you don't know, Commander, she's African-American, yeah. uh, sharp as a tack. Um, but you know what? She's very personable, too, and that goes a long way um, when you're, yes, uh, you know. Yeah, she's quite personable, very much so, uh, when, you, when you go uh, into a position like that. And she has done a tremendous job with the community uh, with her current responsibilities and, and, you know, as she has risen through the ranks, she's always done a great job with the community. But there are others, you know, there are lots of others who yeah. probably would be good candidates as well. And I'm not sure that she would even want the job. She's very close to retirement. Right. It depends on if she wants it. If and she wants she it, She has yeah. the respect of her, her colleagues. Yes, she does. I mean, she... Being, being in charge of that, you know, the recruitment and the mm-hmm. training mm-hmm. aspects. She has the she has the locker room, so to speak. She has yeah. <laughs> she has, she has the team, because they all do respect and and like her quite a bit. Uh, but I I don't know the heir parents. I you know uh, who the heir parent would be or heir parents are going to be. Um, they say that it may. I've heard talk uh-huh. that it may come from within IMPD. You know, so which makes a difference other than some outside person coming yeah, and having to yeah come and and it's been done both ways james remember it's been done both yeah. ways yeah right uh, uh and from within what do you think and from without um <laughs> <laughs> well i don't know i mean the mayor's hard to read he's a politician he knows how to keep things close to vest until he announces he's 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 good at doing surprise announcements it's hard to say unless you're in his inner circle uh, you couldn't say so. I'm not, <laughs> so I, I really couldn't tell what his thinking is. But I thought it was interesting that he charged Chief Christopher Bailey. Uh, well, he was assistant chief, now acting chief, with these tasks. You know, I mean, you know, not even wait until. I mean, is this is this does this mean the new guy's got to pick up that mantle that 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 chief? Uh, acting Chief Bailey lays down what whatever foundation he lays for these these goals that the mayor has to to proceed in in that vein, or does he go in a new direction? So that mm. that caught my eye. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 and a it, very astute observation there, James. Very good one. Yeah. Um, Thank you. And I I'm not sure. I don't know which way to go yeah. with that one. Um, <laughs> but um, AJ, do we have that up? No? Okay. I, I emailed it to you, so we can, you know, uh, I need to get your uh, other. Uh, there we go. Uh, okay. <laughs> AJ's trying to get, it's buffering, so we'll we'll wait. Yeah. We, you know what? We can drop that in any time. But, um, the, the, you know, the upshot of it is that the... Yeah, the glaring hypocrisy of these these GOP lawmakers that are on a Hunter Biden hunt that means absolutely nothing that are are trying to impeach Joe Biden for absolutely nothing 
uh, are be- they they were made to eat their words today. <laughs> they had to eat their words, and uh, boy, yeah, was know, that good to see. Was that good to see? Oh my goodness! You know, and every time I see them, Fox News, because I, I look over there every now and then just to kind of sober up on anything mm-hmm. I'm. You know, anything that's got my attention, it it brings me sober when I watch Fox News. But their whipping boy is Hunter Biden. And every time I see that, it reminds me of Jimmy Carter and his brother Billy Carter. Mm. Really the town drunk of Plains, Georgia. Hey, but Billy got an endorsement. He got his own. Billy got his own beer. Billy beer. I wonder if that's nobody probably manufactures that anymore. And if anybody does have any Billy beer, they got a collector's item. And they tried to bring President Carter down because of his brother's Mm -hmm. drunkenness. Yeah. 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 I remember that. Well, and they're trying to attach Joe Biden to uh, uh, crimes uh, due to, you know, I I don't know, maybe improprieties at the most, I think. Perhaps improprieties, but nothing. Perhaps. Perhaps. There's shown no evidence, no Mm -hmm. evidence that he benefited financially from Hunter Biden's overseas business dealings. Um, even in the states, no evidence whatsoever, not a shred. Um, so, you know, what are we supposed to believe but hypocrisy about political, you know, motivations, things like that? Well, uh, fortunately, this one's going to blow up because it's just too good to sit on. So uh, it is. It is, James. You heard, we're we're going to play it. Um, AJ, you let me know when we're ready to play it. Oh, AJ, give me the thumbs up. Okay. Uh, let's Let's take it away. Take a listen five minutes. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. It's good to see you after a long break. So I'm listening to the gentlelady from South Carolina about the witness being afraid to come in front of the committee. It's interesting. He's here. He doesn't seem to be too afraid. In fact, for some reason, the chairman, who on multiple occasions invited the witness to come on TV. Apparently the chairman wants to pretend like his statements on television or in interviews don't matter, but it didn't happen once, it didn't happen twice, it happened multiple times. The chairman said the witness can choose whether to come to a deposition or to a public hearing in front of the committee. The witness accepted the chairman's invitation. It just so happens the witness is here. If the committee wants to hear from the witness and the chairman gave the witness that option, then the only folks that are afraid to hear from the witness with the American people watching are my friends on the other side of the aisle. I don't know if there's a proper motion, Mr. Chairman, but I'll make a motion. Let's vote. Let's take a vote. Who wants to hear from Hunter right now, today? Anyone? Come on. Who wants to hear from Hunter? No one. So I'm a visual learner, and the visual is clear. Nobody over there wants to hear from the witness. Oh, there's one. Thank you. Will you yield for a question? I'm not there yet, but I will eventually. Uh, So there's no one other than one or two that want to hear from the witness. So the majority of my colleagues over there, including the chairman, don't want to hear from the witness with the American people watching. So, Mr. Chairman, I I just want to hear from you. Will you acknowledge that you invited the witness on television to choose 
whether he could come to a public hearing, and do you stand by your words or do you renege that invitation to the witness? To answer the question I've said repeatedly, the, after the deposition, Mr. Biden can come in front of a public hearing. Mr. Chairman, I don't want to play the video, but that is not what you said on television multiple times. Uh, we have the quotes. We can put them up. You said the witness can choose between a deposition Listen, or... Mr. Moskowitz, Mr. Biden doesn't make the rules. We make the no, rules. That, no, uh, Mr. Chairman, you make the rules. And the rule you made is that he can choose. I, that, those, the rule is... Those were your... Those were your words, reclaiming we, my time. He was issued two lawful subpoenas. Re reclaiming my time, Mr. Chairman. No, you issued those subpoenas after he took you up on your invitation to come. And then you were like, oh, no, no. Oh, my God, what did, we, what did I do? I invited him to come so the American people can hear his side of the story. I put my foot in my mouth. So now I must bury him in the basement where we can decide what we're going to release to the public so that we can continue to tell that story. Mr. Chairman, you have said multiple times that this is not about Hunter. It's about Joe Biden. And even this morning on Mornings with Maria, she asked another simple question, the question you have been asked multiple times, which is, do you have evidence to impeach the President of the United States? Before, you said, I hope so. Today, you said, I think so. And the answer is, you don't. And you still don't. And so we continue to be here and have these charades. To my colleagues who talk about lawful subpoenas, I appreciate the gentlelady's the gentlelady from South Carolina who voted to, to hold people in contempt. Listen, I'll, I'll make this bipartisan. I'll vote for the Hunter contempt today. You can get my vote. You can get my vote. But I want you to show the American people that you're serious. Here is the subpoena to Representative Scott Perry, who did not comply. I'd like to enter this into the record. Here is the subpoena to Mark Meadows. I'd like to enter this into the record, who did not comply. Here is the subpoena to Jim Jordan, who did not comply with a lawful subpoena. I'd like to enter that into the record. Here is the subpoena to Mo Brooks, who did not comply. I'd like to enter that into the record. Here is the subpoena to Mr. Biggs, who did not comply. I'd like to enter that into the record. And here's the subpoena to Mr. McCarthy, who did not comply. I'd like to enter that into the record. There's an amendment coming to add some of those names into the contempt order. You vote to add those names and show the American people that we apply the law equally, not just when it's Democrats, right? It's a crime when it's Democrats, but when it's Trump and the Republicans, it's just fine. No, show that you're serious and that everyone is not above the law. Vote for that amendment, and I'll vote for the Hunter Biden contempt. I yield back. <laughs> wow. Yes, did he go down the line or what? Yeah, of all of the Republicans, Scott Perry, yeah. Mark Meadows, Jim Jordan, Mo Brooks, Mr. Biggs, as he called him, and Kevin McCarthy, all defied subpoenas, all Republicans. Not yeah. a single word. Hunter Biden didn't even defy it. No, he didn't. He, he, he showed up. He took in the, public. In public, one of the choices, and then they're like, ah, no, 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 no. We want to change the rule. Just like the Republicans have been doing forever and ever and seemingly. We'll, yeah. we'll just change the rules if it doesn't suit us. Yep. That's, that's why the we play need, the game. That's why we need people to vote. Yes, that's that. why we need people to get involved because that example right there, um, uh, Representative uh, Moskowitz, what he what he laid out in black and white, and that you know when he went down the list of all of the Republicans who have defied subpoenas, uh, unlawfully defied. When he went down that list and showed the the blatant hypocrisy, that's the part that I I mean I love that part. Because it's yeah, true. I, There's I, nothing untrue about what he said. 
it was powerful. It was a powerful, um, you know, representation of the truth. And really, they were handcuffed. They were handcuffed by Hunter Biden. He was sitting right there. The, He's sitting yeah, right there. at the oversight committee hearings to hold him in contempt, mm-hmm. unannounced. And he, when he, I was watching it. When he walked in that room, it just took the air out of the room. <laughs> he didn't even sit in the front. Uh, or try to sit at the witness table, he sat among the, the gallery, among the public. And I saw all of the, 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 particularly the Republicans, not so much the Democrats, they were gasping. They were looking at each other. They were holding side conversations. They couldn't believe that he showed up there. Um, that, was, that was quite a feat. Because he has nothing to hide and he's been telling the truth. You know, the, the the truth doesn't change. It just doesn't. Uh, That's know. right. The truth is the truth. The truth is the truth. And so uh, they can play around with, with, with facts. They can play around. They can play around with whatever they want to play around with. Somebody's coming to you, stepping straight to you, bringing you the truth. Well, uh, no. Uh, it's politics. Yeah, indeed. Um, yeah, I think that one's going to make the rounds. I, I, I yeah, just do. Yeah, I do too, Tina. That, that was... Uh, that was a pretty astounding move uh, on Hunter Biden's behalf. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I think he just, you know, it, it was a brilliant uh, move. He's not political, but it was a brilliant move. If they were caught, uh, you know, sort of. Uh, <laughs> you know, I wonder, I wonder if that might not have been. By surprise. Uh, I, might, I wonder if his dad might not have advised him to do that. You know, it could have been. It could I have think been, his you know. dad is very crafty and been in the Senate, yeah. been in politics a long time. His dad knows how to, to, to negotiate. I just wonder if Joe didn't say, hey, Hunter, go on, just go. You know, yeah. see, then see what they say. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's brilliant. It was yeah. absolutely brilliant. Hunter um, is their only avenue that, yeah. I, that I've seen him try to try to get at Joe Biden uh, besides the ballot box, which right. they failed to do. Um, so disarm yeah. them like there is no tomorrow. Hunter, you wanted a pound of flesh. Hunter gave you uh, 180 of it or 200 <laughs> or whatever it is he weighed. There, you know, what are you going to do now? It's kind of like bullies, you know, when, when somebody, you know, just, just stands up to a bull. Okay, what do you want? It, that's, yeah. that's the way it, it feels like to me, you know, when a bully shows up, uh, you know, when somebody shows up in the, in the schoolyard to, to face up to a bully, uh, and then yeah. the bully doesn't know what to do. I yeah. mean, they did right not after, know what to do, huh? And right after that, he walked out when Marjorie Taylor Greene uh-huh. was about to, the Republican Marjorie Taylor Greene, the flamboyant Republican uh-huh. Marjorie Taylor Greene was about to have her five minutes. And she started lambasting him after he walked out the door and all the reporters followed him. She was like, oh, there you go. You're running out, running out. <laughs> he just <laughs> handcuffed him. He did. He did. That was yeah. sweet. What do they call that in basketball, AJ? Broke your ankles? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Crossed them up. Crossed them up. Broke their ankles, you know. They, whatever you call any Any sportsman, whatever you want to call it, it was done. It was done today. Yeah. I kind of enjoyed that. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm not. I'm not going to lie. I like that. <laughs> it was good, Tina. It was, it was a good, good move. It was a good move. Yeah, yeah good move. And uh, so uh, still ahead um, on Community Connection, uh, James, um, we're we're going to be talking. Uh, we we as I was saying at the top of the show, uh, we had a caller that was uh, you know just talking about how we he, he wanted more information on the history of Indiana Avenue and thought that there should be more books or whatever, and you know lo and behold we find out that there is a uh, a, a play 
uh, you know, yeah. small a, a production that's that's about to hit the local stage. We're going to talk about that at the bottom uh, of the second hour. And uh, James, you get you sent me uh, an article, and we've got. I want to tell you about some folks we have coming up, and in that article about the unit, the mobile unit. They, yeah, we are. They, yeah. We are literally. We have been going back and forth the last two days, getting them locked into a schedule. So they are coming on the show um, uh, pretty soon. And the, that, the, the health, uh, the mm-hmm. mental health uh-huh, team, uh-huh. or whatever it's called. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, uh, that's good because I got some questions too about that article that I sent you. Yes, um, regarding yes. The, their coverage, you know, it wasn't clear. Mm-hmm. Um, this, I thought it was from the words wording of the article that this. A mental health team that that supposedly now is going to go out when you don't need to, you know, and not in, in lieu of police officers showing up mm-hmm. for a mental health crisis. Um, and it seemed as if they were going to they're going to go anywhere across the city. And then at the end, it said um, the end of that article that I sent you said that uh, they are looking to expand it to the East District, meaning the East District of IMPD, Indianapolis Metropolitan Police Department. But so I couldn't figure out: is it just? Are they just concentrating on one district right now? So that's that's a question I have. Yeah, and that's 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 what we're going to find out. But they uh, they've got um, uh, uh, a commitment uh, to to come and to engage with the community, and uh, would like to to you know to commit to this show to do so. So we we're well, all we're doing now is just sorting out the dates and the times, and they've got to get the right people. Good. Uh, I'd like to get their thoughts on you know police officers mm-hmm. uh, dialoguing Absolutely. with a person in a mental health crisis in a tree, mm-hmm. and then yeah. the, an unarmed person, and then ending up shooting him out oh, of a tree. Goodness, um, goodness. Same thing with a person with a machete, um, who you know I mean mm-hmm. they've got guns, he's got a machete. They've also got other tools. They've got tasers, and they've got. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think the the machete though they did employ other. the taser, but I, but maybe that as it may, I know what you're saying. I think I recall. Yeah, that, and then but, a couple callers called and said, yeah. "What about a net? You know, mm-hmm. what about just knocking that, it down?" That net thing sounds fantastic to me. Yeah. If it can be used in the right way, and if it's you know not that much of an expense, I think that would be another another thing to have in the toolbox. Yeah, yeah. So that's a question. There be questions. I. I I hope yeah. I can hear that when you have them on. Oh, uh, yeah. Questions. Okay, yeah. Too. And and the other thing I heard from um, Mayor Deb Whitfield's office, and uh, they said she would love to be here, which I knew she would. Uh, and they are sorting it out. Uh, so they oh. we're we're going through dates. Um, and so you know the people have schedules and different things like that. So we have commitments from uh, Deb Whitfield, a first uh, African American mayor in Marion County. She's mayor, newly elected mayor of Lawrence. Uh, Lawrence, Indiana, and so she's gonna um, she's gonna be on with us uh, again. We just had to get it sorted out, and um, the mobile Good. unit, the mobile unit, uh, they're the folks. They're gonna be with us, uh, so um, that's, yeah, uh, that's good. It'd be good. You know, um, Lawrence is a municipality within Marion County, yeah. Within so the, that yeah. she is the first African American mayor ever elected in this mm-hmm. county. So yeah, and and boy, did she did she uh, did she. Uh, poke a hole in the Unigov net, you know, because I think Unigov <laughs> was put in, from what we understand, put in place yeah, to, to keep stop that, from, that from happening. From happening, yeah. But the clinician-led I mean, uh, community response team uh, that's now going to be available 24-7 in Indianapolis, um, we're going to have them on, and and I, I know for a fact we'll have them on more than once because uh, they're, they're, they've are they got a commitment to, to stay involved and stay 
um, you know, stay up with the community. So let's take a quick break. Uh, we're going to open up the lines for, you know, the next 30 minutes or so. Uh, 317-972-3008. 317-972-3008. Open lines the next 30 minutes or so. We'll be right back right after this. WTOC AM, W236CR, Indianapolis. Keeping you informed with what's happening in and around Indy. It's Community Connection. Brought to you by Child Advocates. Your voice, their future. On Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM. And we're back with Community Connection on this Wednesday, January the 10th. Uh, Tina Cosby here with our contributing analyst, James Patterson. Another thing, another big uh, community event coming up, James, on Friday at the J.W. Marriott, the Indianapolis Recorder and Indiana Minority Business Magazine's uh, Champions of Diversity Awards. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, it is sold out, but um, we're very happy to, to... let everyone know again. I mean, we talked about it before, but you know, we want to let everyone know again that our yeah. very own uh, Dion Levingston has uh, will be awarded the uh, the Amos Brown um, Award. Uh, Fantastic! Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they they award the best of the best in terms of diversity, inclusion, and and what have you. And we're very proud of Dion. So we're going to be down there to support him on Friday night. But um, yeah, the uh, the Recorder and the Indiana Minority Business Magazine they have done a fantastic job. Uh, the, it's sold out event, which is even better. So we are really happy, but, uh, uh, congratulations to all of the winners and everyone who is about to be recognized, uh, this Friday down at the JW Marriott, including Dion Levingston. I'm, yes, I'm, I'm giving Dion his props. I am. I, I'll argue with Dion today. So much deserved, much, much deserved. deserved. Yeah. He, yeah. he, he does quite well. Uh, anyway, uh, as we were saying, uh, we're going to open up the lines for a few, uh, until our guests arrive. At the bottom of the hour, uh, the number 317-972-3008, 317-972-3008. Our new listener line. Listen, listen, listen. <laughs> it's like that yeah. little kid on that, that YouTube uh, video that went viral several years ago. L- listen, listen, Linda, listen, listen. <laughs> Uh, 3177923008 317972300 I mean it just popped up in my mind every day it does yeah well we wanted to put we want to we want to cement it in there 317972300008 that that was one of the best viral videos i'd ever seen that little kid uh that did you know he 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 had grandma give him a cupcake and his mother told him he and his brother uh kevin were not allowed to have a cupcake and he got one anyway but listen listen honey linda 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 listen (laughs) okay the silly has crept in here so have you seen that video james no oh let me see he's probably 20 years old by now but i'll send it to you i'll I'll, uh i'll text it to you you will uh it is one of the cutest things you ever want to see uh let's go back to the phone lines 317-972-3008 ron go ahead how are you hi uh good afternoon tina and james good afternoon fine how are you sir i'm doing great uh hunter biden uh, if hunter biden had testified in a closed meeting, mm-hmm. they would have never given him an opportunity to testify in public. They don't want right. another Hillary Clinton. They put Hillary Clinton on the stand for, what, almost 10 hours, mm-hmm. and she ate him alive, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So 
that's that's the whole thing. They wanted to get him in to the basement, as they say, so that mm-hmm. they could release what they wanted to release. You see, right. mm-hmm. so you know, an edited version, right? Because had in in the closed meeting, had he had said they asked him a question, he said, "Well, I can't answer that because that's under investigation now by the Department of Defense." They would have inferenced something else, you know. Right. So, you know, so Hunter Biden basically, like we say, he clowned them today, and and then <laughs> because he could have, he they could have easily said, you know, the only thing Hunter Biden didn't do that I, I wanted him to do was to raise his hand, walk down there, and say, I'm ready to go on the oath right now, mm. you know. Yeah. And and, and that have really called their bluff. But these these guys, they're not honorable players. And that James Comer, I cannot understand how yeah, he the got in Congress. Right. Uh, I, I checked his district out of Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. He has one of the, he's out of one of the richest districts there, but also one of the most uneducated districts. And mm. – they have like almost like a 0.1% minority in that district, you know? Mm. So I don't know who's zooming who, but, but James Comer is definitely not, not working for the people of Kentucky. And he's the Thank chairman God. of the yeah. government oversight committee, the oversight of the government. I mean, you know, this is a guy that doesn't have any, according to what Ron just said, any, uh, hardly any minorities in his uh, district. Mm, mm, mm. Ron? Oh, I think he left. I think he left. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay, 317-972-3008, unless the call dropped. And if it did, uh, Ron, call us back. 317-972-3008. Brother Ahmad, how are you? Happy New Year. I'm well. Happy New Year's to you, too, Mm cuz. Everybody that's there. Um, I was wondering, my friend sent me a news article uh, of some childhood friends of mine, but they said that, down in Jackson, Mississippi, there were like 215, 217 bodies that were like put in a shallow grave behind the jail. And uh, mm-hmm. I guess the stench from it caused uh, buzzards and different, you know, creatures, scavengers to come mm-hmm. in and, and unearth these bodies. And I haven't seen much of it on the news. Like it's just not newsworthy. But that mm-hmm. wasn't, it just wasn't black people that were stuck in these graves, white people also. And that's a lot of missing people that were unreported. You know, our people were reporting their family members missing, but they were a lot of them dug up behind these graves. And from what I read from the, the article that was sent to me, the only thing that was there was some type of metal marker and a number. And mm. I, I just I wonder I, if this is just happening in Jackson, Mississippi. Where else is this happening? At? Well, I wonder, brother, am I is it? Tina, can I ask a quick question? No, go go ahead, go ahead. I, okay, I wasn't. Tina, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but no, go ahead. when you said a number on the graves, could it have been? Could these people have been incarcerated and then died in jail, and then they buried them back there, and nobody knows? I, I'm I'm looking at uh, up the article as we speak, so I just wonder if you knew any more, brother and mine. Uh, not necessarily. I think a lot of these people probably could have been incarcerated. Uh, died in jail. I know there was a, a a case that I think took back took place back in March, where a guy uh, a, a brother was he died in either from a hit and run or something like that, and the family reported him missing. The coroner's office said that they identified him due to his ID. They found they, that that the police had the ID and they and they identified him. Um, but this came out much much later, to where uh, they they were looking for him, but the police. I, I'm, from what I'm assuming, they're stuck in, in these unmarked graves or this this big grave pile behind the Jackson County Jail. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. I, 
like I'm saying, I'm wondering how how many people, you know, if this yeah. is just Jackson, Mississippi, how many other states uh, are yeah. doing this? Yeah, it looks yeah, like I, it's I, just I'm, breaking because yeah, it's, it's 17 hours ago. But yeah, it's, uh, it says an alarming situation. Bodies were yeah. discovered in unmarked graves behind the state jail. jail. Yeah, the one the prison. The families of those buried in what is known as the Pauper's Field behind the Hines. County, that's where Jackson, Mississippi is, penal farm, were mm. never informed of the death of their loved ones, let alone given a chance to retrieve their bodies and pay their respects. Mm-hmm. Well, Ben Crump is, is on the case. This is horrible. Um, and yes, it, is. It, it, you know, it's just another, uh, you know, mm-hmm. another uh, tragedy uh, that has come about as a result, you know, in Jackson, Mississippi, because remember... Yeah, particularly the, in Jackson. Yeah, area. in Jackson. So the, the DOJ needs to get down to Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah. Uh, quick, fast, quick, and in a hurry. Huh? Yeah, this, this is a major, major problem, because uh, who knows who, how many people have been literally looking for their family members for years. Exactly. And, exactly. and not knowing that the, their their loved ones are, are buried in this pauper's grave, and then they too, then this the, the, the Jackson, Mississippi, the, the state chooses not to identify these people like they're nobodies. Oh, yeah. 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 This yeah. says here a horrifying situation is unfolding in Jack- Jackson, Mississippi needs. I mean, Mississippi in general, uh, a yeah. brother of mine. It, it's, it's just wow. Uh, if, if DOJ doesn't get down there in a hurry, I don't know. I don't know what. But um, that's why elections are important, too. Yeah. Because a, yeah. a DOJ under Trump wouldn't care. No. Yeah. No, but, so. but Ben, ben Crump so. usually gets results. He usually gets, yeah. uh, and and so, yeah. Thanks for bringing that to our attention. Uh, yeah, because this is this is horrifying, and we yeah, thought it was it was bad enough with the with the one man, you know, when his mother couldn't find him and the police just, you know, yeah, that was bad enough. But my God, two hundred and fifteen. That's just in, that's inconceivable. Yeah, I, I yeah. can't even put my head around that many. Absolutely, and I and I just hope that, that people that are missing their loved ones, no matter what state they're in, keep keep searching for your loved ones, because it, this could be very well the same situations in many states, and including our city and state. Who knows? Mm-hmm. No, yeah, yeah. Well, oh, I, that, that's an excellent point because you, you were talking uh, mm-hmm. talking to um, uh, Majority Leader Maggie uh, Lewis, Lewis yeah. and you you were running out of time, but I you know I was wondering what her thoughts are about. Our own Green Lawn Cemetery here after they found oh, those remains. Oh yes, yes, I was. I that, did. Uh, yes, yeah. Soccer stadium. Go yeah, ahead. yeah, and and you're right uh, because I think every state needs to reexamine its paupers' uh, uh, policies and and these grave sites and things of that nature. And uh, Green Lawn, of course, I, I think that project is still halted uh, because of the regulations yeah. around the discovery of human Finding remains. Human bones. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but and but how many more are we going to find when they yeah. start? You know, how many more are they going to find when they dig? Uh, and oh, and this was this was known. But you make a very, very, very good point about all of these states need to take yep. a look and see what's going on. Uh, Mississippi is just especially egregious, uh, but mm-hmm. it doesn't mean it's not going on in other places. So yeah, good point, uh, good point, brother of mine. Absolutely. I just want to make sure we keep this in, 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 the, in the front of the news because I understand that we have we have a lot of things that are going on, but sometimes they, they put things that I would consider unnewsworthy 
um, out there to to mask and create smoke and mirrors behind the things that are truly important to our communities. Yeah, and you got to wonder how many of those were African American. I mean, that's that's I guess that's what we're all wondering too, right? You know, yeah, how many of these folks here were in the black. story? The bodies were not embalmed, given coffins, or properly buried. Oh, the graves were dug by inmates, what? and it's likely that the burials were carried out by the same inmates. Says they were not embalmed, given coffins, or properly buried. They probably, like uh, Brother Ahmad said, probably the the vultures and things were circling because they probably didn't dig it deep enough. And certainly, if they didn't, if they weren't, and there's a reason why you put a person in a coffin is because to keep things like that away. But if you just put the body in there, that's a good reason for animals to try well, to dig a, those up. It's also a public health hazard. Oh, absolutely. It's also absolutely. a public health hazard, yeah. And and the part of that is a vulture a vulture can smell a dead mm. carcass up to ten miles away. Oh and, and and come and pull and and we'll dig whatever it is out of the ground to eat it. Mm. So once again, it it had to be such a a putrid smell for, for vultures to find them and, and pull these bodies up out of these shallow grounds. Uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, we'll uh, yeah, and and you know what? If if we stray too far, bring us back, uh, brother yeah. Ahmad. Because uh, yeah, thank you. And Good any point. you hear of any details that we don't know of? By all means, give us Good a call. Story. So. Good story. All right. Good one. Thank all you. Right. All right. Take care. Three one seven nine seven two three zero zero eight three one seven nine seven two three zero zero eight three one seven nine seven two three zero zero eight. Lines are open till about the bottom of the hour, two uh, thirty. Uh, what do you want to talk about? Mr. Russell, go ahead. How are you? Hey, Tina, James, and is AJ still there? Uh, AJ is still, AJ, yes. you still there? Yes, I'm <laughs> If AJ's not here, we're not on the air. I'll let me put it that way. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, listen, uh, first I wanted to uh, give you kudos for running that uh, tape about the uh, Hunter Biden situation. You know, uh, a lot of times we don't get the back story behind uh, the the ins and outs of those those tapes, you know, a lot of a lot of reporters just give you like a sound bite to go for the sensation of it, uh, you know, like uh, most uh, most of the ones I've heard, of, they just been saying, well, Hunter Biden showed up and he walked out. Well, that's I'm, not the complete story. No, and I'm gonna yeah, run it yeah, again. No. Actually, <laughs> y'all think I'm joking? No, I'm gonna run it again. Uh, yeah, but uh, but anyway, go ahead, Mr. Russell. I'm sorry. Yeah, I just wanted to point that out, and then too. Uh, I just wanted to say in terms of the IMPD, I think what I've seen uh, over the years is that we seem to be moving in a positive direction. You know, policing is not it's not easy. You know, it, it's a, it's uh, where the rubber meets the road. And uh, but it seems like uh, we're moving at least in, in a positive direction with with people like some of the names that have been mentioned uh uh, I know uh, the acting acting chief uh, Bailey. You know, I think at one time he was tabbed to be a uh, police chief in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I agree with that. Yeah, and he he, uh, he resigned that uh, post uh, about as quickly as he took it. Yeah. And, and then he came came back to Indy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, I'm on the outside looking in, but it you know it it shows me that he is a interested in the community. So that, that's a good mm-hmm. thing. And then when you mm-hmm. look at you remember uh, Chief Height was here, mm-hmm. you know, different administration, but uh, he did some good things. And, you know, people that have been mentioned like uh, Ida, Ida Williams and and uh, 
uh, Kenyon yeah. Adams. Uh, you know, it seems like at least things are going in, in the right direction. And even the uh, FOP chief, you know, I've, I've spoken to him on occasion. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, he's, he has his issues he has to defend. But he seems to have kind of a de- demeanor that's a good thing. So I think uh, if we can keep that going, be great. And, uh, you know, so. Yeah, I hope they uh, don't go. I hope they they pull off the bench because I think that there's there's quite a bit of talent and understanding of this community right there on the bench at IMPD. Uh, They just have to get the right person in place. Absolutely. Yeah. And and there there are are people like on the sidelines, too, you know, uh, 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 what's the former uh, Indianapolis coach player? Uh, oh Benjamin, uh, ben, yeah, Bill yeah. Benjamin, Bill Benjamin, Bill Benjamin. Yeah, he's he's a good good uh, law enforcement mm-hmm. person too. So there, there, there's a lot to draw from. But I just hope the uh, direction keeps to be uh, mm-hmm. positive in terms of that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That's absolutely. All righty, yeah. Mr. Russell. Thank you very much. Appreciate your call. Yeah. Okay, appreciate it. Uh, 317-972-3008. Our brand new listener line number. For you is three one seven nine seven two three zero zero eight. Ron, go ahead. How are you? Hi, Tina. I'm back again. I, I had to make a correction on the James Comer. There's actually it's a sixty three percent rural, eighty six percent white, and a, just at about six percent black, uh, non Hispanic. Oh, six percent black income, and non Hispanic. Right. So the it's just impossible to find anyone there that really uh, that can really outvote the 86%. The 6% is not going to outvote the 80, 86%. So that's the reason these guys like Comer, uh, Rand Paul, and guys like even Mitch McConnell, because now the education level in that area is also very, very poor. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But you have to understand that Kentucky was one of the last states in the union to subsidize public education. I believe it. Yeah. 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 So that's all I got, guys. I appreciate you. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Ron. So uh, a correction on the numbers, but a a bleak situation nevertheless. Um, Yeah. yeah. Nevertheless. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he's right about Kentucky. I mean, look at the people who support Trump. Most of the southern states with majority non-minority populations support trump these are the same although kentucky was a border state and it wasn't included in that you know when when lincoln uh mm-hmm. gave that emancipation proclamation because uh, of of its juxtaposition to slavery but slavery existed in kentucky however most of the states mississippi we just talked about that alabama georgia south carolina which is where nikki nikki haley the republican presidential nominee mm-hmm. has been governor that is where the secession papers were signed were signed that was the first state to uh to to announce secession from the u.s so what i'm saying is these southern states simply have not gotten over it they haven't gotten over slavery i mean mm-hmm. their policies prove that so policy statues <laughs> you yeah. Uh, laws, lawmakers, education. You talked about uh, Ron yeah. talked about ed- education, t- uh, Tina, and how yeah. much they spend for it. Healthcare, yeah, how much they spend for that. That's that's one of the things we didn't talk a lot about. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, I won't go into that, but mm-hmm. education is another one. 
So, I mean, you look at what they what resources they give to 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 the former the the descendants of the former slaves and and those large those small populations in their states what some of them are growing like georgia like alabama like louisiana and they are growing and this is what the fight is all about really i believe in, in you know in abstract form this is what donald trump is all about um you know the way he I think Jeff talked about the birther issue and how he opposed uh, uh, Barack President Barack Obama even before he became president based upon he was not a real citizen, which is born in the U.S., which is a requirement to be president. I mean, all of that to me is related. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I believe it. Makes sense. Uh, AJ, do we we still have that that piece uh, that uh, that took place on the on the floor earlier today? When sure do. Hunter Biden walked in and got in their face and knocked them back on their heels. Uh, wow, wow, wow! Uh, there's also yeah. a picture yeah. going around on social media with Comer with his head in his hands. <laughs> his head, his, that his that was a doozy. Yeah, that, you know, I mean, I'm a, glad you picked up on that. Gonna, that was the, really the story of the day. The so story far. of the day, and we want folks that, to hear it. So let's yeah. let's let's roll it again, AJ. AJ, one more time. To Moskowitz for five minutes. Oh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. It's good to see you after a long break. So I'm listening to the gentlelady from South Carolina about the witness being afraid to come in front of the committee. It's interesting. He's here. He doesn't seem to be too afraid. In fact, for some reason, the chairman who on multiple occasions invited the witness to come on TV. So apparently the chairman wants to pretend like his statements on television or in interviews don't matter, but it didn't happen once, it didn't happen twice, it happened multiple times. The chairman said the witness can choose whether to come to a deposition or to a public hearing in front of the committee. The witness accepted the chairman's invitation. It just so happens the witness is here. If the committee wants to hear from the witness and the chairman gave the witness that option, then the only folks that are afraid to hear from the witness with the American people watching are my friends on the other side of the aisle. I don't know if there's a proper motion, Mr. Chairman, but I'll make a motion. Let's vote. Let's take a vote. Who wants to hear from Hunter right now, today? Anyone? Come on. Who wants to hear from Hunter? No one. So I'm a visual learner, and the visual is clear. Nobody over there wants to hear from the witness. Oh, there's one. Thank you. Will you yield for a question? I'm not there yet, but I will eventually. Uh, so there's no one well, other than one or two that want to hear from the witness. So the majority of my colleagues over there, including the chairman, don't want to hear from the witness with the American people watching. So, Mr. Chairman, are, I, I just want to hear from you. Will you acknowledge that you invited the witness on television to choose whether he could come to a public hearing? And do you stand by your words or do you renege that invitation to the witness? To answer the question I've said repeatedly, the, after the deposition, Mr. Biden can come in front of a public hearing. Mr. Chairman, I don't want to play the video, but that is not what you said on television multiple times. And we have the quotes. We can put them up. You said the witness can choose between a deposition. Listen, or 
Mr. Moskowitz, Mr. Biden doesn't make the rules. We make the no, rules. That, no, Mr. Chairman, you make the rules. And the rule you made is that he can choose. I, that, those, the rule is... Those were your... Those were your words, reclaiming we, my time. He was issued two lawful subpoenas. Re reclaiming my time, Mr. Chairman. No, you issued right. those subpoenas after he took you up on your invitation to come. And then you were like, oh, no, no. Oh, my God, what did, we, what did I do? I invited him to come so the American people can hear his side of the story. I put my foot in my mouth. So now I must bury him in the basement where we can decide what we're going to release to the public so that we can continue to tell that story. Mr. Chairman, you have said multiple times that this is not about Hunter. It's about Joe Biden. And even this morning on Mornings with Maria, she asked another simple question, the question you have been asked multiple times, which is, do you have evidence to impeach the President of the United States? Before, you said, I hope so. Today, you said, I think so. And the answer is, you don't. And you still don't. And so we continue to be here and have these charades. To my colleagues who talk about lawful subpoenas, I appreciate the gentlelady's the gentlelady from South Carolina who voted to, to hold people in contempt. Listen, I'll, I'll make this bipartisan. I'll vote for the Hunter contempt today. You can get my vote. You can get my vote. But I want you to show the American people that you're serious. Here is the subpoena to Representative Scott Perry, who did not comply. I'd like to enter this into the record. Here is the subpoena to Mark Meadows. I'd like to enter this into the record, who did not comply. Here is the subpoena to Jim Jordan, who did not comply with a lawful subpoena. I'd like to enter that into the record. Here is the subpoena to Mo Brooks, who did not comply. I'd like to enter that into the record. Here is the subpoena to Mr. Biggs, who did not comply. I'd like to enter that into the record. And here's the subpoena to Mr. McCarthy, who did not comply. I'd like to enter that into the record. There's an amendment coming to add some of those names into the contempt order. You vote to add those names and show the American people that we apply the law equally, not just when it's Democrats, right? It's a crime when it's Democrats, but when it's Trump and the Republicans, it's just fine. No, show that you're serious and that everyone is not above the law. Vote for that amendment, and I'll vote for the Hunter Biden contempt. I yield back. Whoa, again. <laughs> James, did whoa, you get whoa. that? Uh, did you get that uh, that pick of uh, Comer with his head in his hands? Yes, I did, and yeah. <laughs> I mean, that kind of sums up how they all felt. Uh -huh. they did how are they going to get out of that? How are they going to get out of yeah. that mess? But like I said, he named them one by one by one. You cannot. There is no lie. There, there. It, yeah. Every one of these representatives that is Republican that defied uh, order, you know, defied subpoenas. There's n nothing, absolutely nothing. But Hunter Biden, yeah. who's not even a lawmaker, he's not even an elected office holder, right? And they're right, but they're just all over him. Um, I know. So I mean, it's you know. because they have nothing else. No, they don't have anything else. I mean, that's you know they're hanging their hat on that because of the name Biden. They can mm -hmm. stir up mm -hmm. stir up their constituents mm -hmm. to uh, you know to foment more hatred towards. The yeah. president and his policies and his constituents, uh, and that's what they're using. The name, since his name is Biden, most people don't, you know, as as mm. Brother Ahmad said, they don't listen to all the news, you know, and and a lot of times they'll get sucked into to sound bites and you know the name Biden. So his dad, he must have done something wrong, and and they're saying connecting that to his dad. His dad must have done something wrong. They don't mm. really. But that's why it's so good that you played those sound bites because mm -hmm. he showed he showed 
one after another, the Republicans that refuse to comply with the subpoena. Yeah. That's hypocritical. Yeah, it is. And I, I want to circle back to what uh, Brother Ahmad was talking about because it, it it's worthy of a look at our pauper's um, uh, burial site and the how it yeah. works and the the procedures behind that and things that you know we we probably should take a good look at what's going on here in Indiana. Um, Absolutely. And I I know that with the prisons, uh, you know the uh, bodies or, or unclaimed bodies of of uh, former offender, I, they're not offenders; they're incarcerated individuals now. Uh, yeah, that's what we call incarcerated. Individuals. Are you are you talking about in Mississippi? No, 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 no. I'm talking about here about? in the state here. of Indiana. Yeah. Okay. Uh, because there are prison gra- burial graveyards uh there you know there's just a lot so we I, we need to look at that as well i'm gonna look that up and yeah see yeah that's a good one i do know from my reporting previously uh-huh. that uh in, in some at some prisons i don't know enough to know which ones but some of the indiana department of correction prisons do have the so-called paupers fields yeah they fields do where they, they do uh-huh. yeah. yeah where when when inmates uh die in prison uh-huh. in, in, in the, in the uh, custody of the correctional department, Department of Corrections, they are buried on site. You can't, in every instance, come and claim that body. A lot of them don't have any, <laughs> you know, anyone to claim their bodies. I mean, a lot of them, their relatives, have, you know, uh, the ones that they have have cut ties with them, don't keep up, and they mm-hmm. just have to, the state has to get rid of the body, and they have fields where they bury mm-hmm. them. That'd be something to to look into yeah yeah uh san go ahead how are you yeah i know one time when i called and someone said that you know i'm i must be a staunch democrat no i'm independent my father told me to look at character not be not have an allegiance to a person in the white house or in politics or even um in the pulpit um the person that and 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 the thing that really probably has been perturbing me is the fact that the Democrats would seem to be have been silent, like they're you know eating popcorn and drinking some Pepsi at a movie. When you've got <laughs> we could have lost our democracy. What I heard today, what was awesome, a Democrat stood up and he wasn't you know all you know all over the place, but bit by bit by bit was was challenging them to truth and and to how it works i commend them okay yeah democrats speak up speak the truth those of you that are in office speak up and speak the truth yeah and it's it's really wonderful to see somebody do that and most of them you know most of them up there period are lawyers they're lawyers and so you know they're democrat lawyers as well as republican lawyers as well as independent lawyers and so they should use their skills like like he did today what's his name tina the the uh it was a representative jared moskowitz he represents the 23rd congressional district in florida um he's he's a former (laughs) uh ems head and and uh you know just he's just done a lot of things yeah, he's done a lot of things. He spoke well. He 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 did. Yes, he really did. did. Yeah. Tina, you need to be r- running that and telling people, do you want democracy, uh, or or do you or you want or do you want to be, uh, you know, uh, uh, governed by a dictator? Because also I saw on I think it was 
no, uh, no, December the 5th, uh, 2023, uh, Fox was showing uh, a a copy of a a thing, um, and it was actually Channel 13 was showing it, where where he said he was going to be a dictator on day one. Not one president we've had, Tina, has said he would be a dictator dictator find that one and run these two back to back and say and and let us know all the way till we get ready to vote which america you want to uh live in which Mm. one which one you want Mm. i rest my case god bless y'all god guys and and your families y'all vote (laughs) same to you sam thank you thank you sir hey james we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back with more we're gonna be talking about indiana avenue's history uh on stage we'll be right back Let's get back to the conversation. It's Community Connection with Tina Cosby on Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM, Indy's Inspiration Station. And we're back with Community Connection. Tina Cosby here with our contributing analyst, James Patterson. James, uh, as I was saying at the top of the show, remember that conversation we had and and one of the callers was saying, that you just can't find much about Indiana Avenue in the books and I want to know more about the history of Indiana Avenue and and so on and so forth. And, and we got some reaction and, uh, you know, and, and lo and yeah. behold, guess what comes up? A storm, uh, <laughs> arises, so to speak, literally yeah, perfect storm. Perfect storm. Um, and actually, uh, what we're talking about is, uh, an upcoming stage play, um, about the rich history of Indiana Avenue. And here with us now, uh, is Alita Hodge. She is the, uh, a playwright, I guess, co-author of storm, uh, a play about the rich history of Indiana. She's also uh, a storyteller and uh, author extraordinaire. Uh, Ms. Hodge, welcome back to... Com- You've been here before, right? Community yes, Connection? Yeah, yes. that's what I thought. That's what I thought we had you on before. Yeah. Well, yes, welcome great. back. Thanks welcome for back. having me. Well, yeah. thanks for being here. Thank you for being here. So, um, how have you been? Oh, great, great. Yeah, I... Um... I was very fortunate to uh, take a free training course in how to become a playwright Oh, okay. uh, last summer. And so as at our course assignment, there were five black ladies in the course, and our assignment at the end was to write a script for a play about Indiana Avenue. So we wrote the script, and our instructor and the district theater liked the idea and liked the script. And so it's going to be staged this weekend at the district theater. Wow. So we're just really excited. <laughs> so so tell us about, I mean, where, you know, what, what are the... I guess what are the time frames that you're you're covering in the play? Is it a one act? A two, I mean, tell tell us about all of that, yeah. Okay, it's a one-act play about a black family that uh, lived in Ransom Place, Uh right off of Indiana Avenue, and it covers the 1940s and the 1960s, and all the fabulous music of those eras. (laughs) <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, James, yeah. uh, you know, like I was saying, you and I were both talking about a, a previous caller that we had 
Um, the yeah. fact that it's it's not a book, but it it brings a lot of books to life. What what do you think, James? Yeah, I do. I do. It's not a book, uh, but Alita does have a book about uh, the same subject: the musical history of Indiana Avenue. Can you tell us what the title is, real quick, Alita, for that book? For yes. People? Mm-hmm. Yes, it's Indiana Avenue: Life and Musical Journey from 1915 to uh, 2015, and it tells the 100-year history of my black family and all the music legends of Indiana Avenue. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, now, yeah. Go ahead. I didn't really cut you off, Lita. Go ahead. Um, so you know, it, it's a rich history. Um, it's it was one of the stops along the Chitlin Circuit, the famed um, live entertainment route that went from Harlem to Indianapolis, Chicago, Kansas City, uh, Memphis, and New Orleans. Yeah. And now, so that's why Tina started out by saying, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm getting, I'm getting good at cutting you off, but go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just wanting to ask my next question, but go ahead. Yeah, most people know the history of, you know, the other uh, stops along it. You know, everybody knows about New Orleans and Memphis and Kansas City Blues and barbecue, and but not very many people know about Indianapolis's role in this mm-hmm. uh, famous route. Yeah. Why, why is that, do you think? Why, why was Indianapolis kind of like the stepchild of <laughs> the Chitlin Circuit in terms of notoriety, you know, just, just knowing about it, yeah. I don't know. I have no explanation for it, but we had the the best hospitality going. Many uh, entertainers said that this was one of their favorite stops because it was a a black community um, with lawyers and doctors who had these homes in Ransom Place, and there there was all kinds of uh, boarding homes. Um, tailors and um, seamstresses and cooks and chefs and they loved to stop here because it was a, a nice you know restful stop along this this long journey yeah entire community and a wonder thriving economy um yeah. it sounds like yeah in, in every yeah. every aspect uh, there there was a thriving economy here and it yeah it was centered around indiana avenue yeah Absolutely. What are some of the famous, famous names that people would know who, 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 who came here and stopped and played and, and you know, stayed uh, for a day or two or even longer? Uh, well, Dizzy Gillespie, uh, Fat Swaller, uh, Duke Ellington, Sarah Vaughn, Louis Armstrong. Um, and then we had our local musicians, uh, West Montgomery and his two brothers, Buddy and Monk, and Larry Ridley, uh, Freddie Hubbard. Um, the Ink Spots were early on in the days of the um, um, Indiana Avenue, and then they went on to national fame. And... Um, Flo Garvin, she was a singer and had a radio, a TV show, and uh, she performed at clubs on Meridian Street. And so there was a variety of clubs, blues, jazz, gut bucket blues, um, 
opera. People were singing in churches such as the uh, Bethel AME, that which was right off of Indiana Avenue. So there, there was a lot going on, and you could find any kind of music you wanted. And tell us more about the the Perfect Storm play, if you will, that that Tina alluded to, Alita. Um, the District Theater is is it sold out? Uh, and give us the the dates it's going to be playing besides Friday. Okay. Well, uh, the Perfect Storm is the story of a black family living in Ransom Place, and um, they have a little family drama going on, mm-hmm. and then there's a storm coming. So that's mm. how it got the name, the Perfect Storm. And so and the, the play, theater? Mm-hmm. yeah, it'll be at the District Theater on Massachusetts Avenue, mm-hmm. and um, it is sold out. But you can still uh, get tickets at the box office if, like, someone you know cancels out. So. There's two shows, um, well, there's three shows. Um, on Friday and Saturday, it's at 7 p.m., and then on Sunday, there's a matinee at 2 p.m. Mm. And um, so tickets are um, like uh, $15. Mm-hmm. And what about the acting course do we need to know? What do we need to know? Uh, is it integrated acting core black actors you know well it's initially started as uh black uh training it's the black light training and development offers the training at the district theater and it was it's funded by mellon foundation for three years and the training is free anyone is can sign up you you know they accept blacks and people of all races um, and then as, when you finish the course, you get a certificate. And so I'm looking at this beautiful certificate that I got. And so it's um, in playwright, acting, sound and lighting, and directing. And so, yeah. you know, it fills the gap of what was missing in the theater business because, you know, blacks couldn't get training or if they got the training they didn't have a certificate um so um for us playwrights uh we have uh, we now have this script um copyrighted and so we now own own the script which is really unusual for our first play (laughs) (laughs) so we're we're all excited and um the five playwrights we you know, come from different backgrounds. I'm the author and historian. Mm. Um, one lady, um, she's, there's like two ladies who are more uh, comedic. There's one lady who's been doing stand-up um, uh, spoken word. Mm-hmm. And um, all of the other four, they're experienced actors. The, the story of Storm the play about the rich history of Indiana Avenue, is that based on a true story or is it, uh, yeah, it, other, I guess I should say. Is it based on yeah. a true story? No, it's a fictional story. Fictional story. F- yes. But fictional so, story based on facts surrounding the avenue, I guess? Yes. 
Yeah. yeah. So so what are some of the yeah. things that we might notice uh, that are factual regarding the avenue in this story? Well, uh, Ransom Place and mm-hmm. Indiana Avenue and mm-hmm. being part of the Chitlin Circuit and the flow of people, entertainers coming in and out. And um, like like you were alluding to earlier, Tina, I mean, there's like a, an underground economy. Mm-hmm. Um, of that black people had in yeah. each of these cities. And um, so when when the entertainers would stop in each city, they would have their hospitality and everything set up so that they didn't have to face the, the racism and, um, you know, insulting behavior that was allowed in, like, you know, they couldn't stay in, like, a, a white hotel or go to white mm-hmm. restaurants. So we had to have our own. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we mm-hmm. had the best soul food and <laughs> the best boarding houses. Oh, I don't doubt that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't then, doubt that at all. Um, the Some would travel by train and come to um, Union Station, mm-hmm. and uh, someone, a chauffeur, would pick them up in a, in a Stutz car that was mm-hmm. built uh, in the Stutz factory on Capitol Avenue. So, yeah, there's a lot of facts that are in there. You know, this is our history. This is our story. Do you think yeah. that, that there mm-hmm. would there will ever be a time, do you ever see a time when uh, the splendor, the glory, the excitement, the hustle, the bustle, the, the, the place that was once Indiana Avenue, do you ever see that? coming back in any way shape or form well i'm i'm hopeful um i i think that you know it's a a great draw for tourism um you know there's there's more than than basketball and racing <laughs> in the state of indiana <laughs> that's true that is true. We, we need to tap into this black history and music you know it's like other cities i mean you fly into New Orleans, and all you see is, you know, well, Louis Armstrong Airport, and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, come see the blues, come to, you know, all the jazz joints in New Orleans, and black hospitality, soul food, Creole food. Uh, Why can't we have that here? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that (laughs) no, no, it's true. And why can't? And that's a very good question, and it it makes perfect sense. So, who do you think will? uh, Who do you think will benefit the most from uh, this 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 effort uh, uh, to put the history, uh, some of the riches, some of the rich rich history of Indiana Avenue, uh, live and in person on stage? Who do you think this will benefit the most? Oh, it'll benefit everyone. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a family show. Mm-hmm. And so young and old would appreciate it and, and learn uh, all the stories. And, you know, there's all this music from mm-hmm. the 40s and mm-hmm. the 60s. And, um, you know, it's also um, female focused because the director of our show uh, is female. And then there's five playwrights who are female. And then the the lead character in the um play is a black female and who's got her own business you know so Mm -hmm. i think everyone will enjoy it but uh, you know especially women and families 
Yeah. Now, is is there? Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to talk about you. Know, I'm just cutting all, all kinds of women off today, aren't I? Um, <laughs> That's okay. Since the perfect storm is sold out, Alita, what's yes. next? What's next for this this movement to to? Train? And that was my next question, James. So. Okay, Tina, I took it from you. I'm sorry. No, no. no. I mean, we, we're thinking just alike. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're great. Um, yeah, yeah, is this just a, is this a one off or yeah, is this a one off um, or is there is there more to come? Oh no, we we want this play to have legs, and so we'd like to be in all the you know film festivals, and um, we want the world to see this play, and you know all the music, all the drama, and um, yeah, it's it, it's going to be a wonderful experience. Yeah. yeah. It's, well, thank you so much for doing this, and um, thank you for sharing yeah. this with the community, and thank you for all your research and yeah. um, sharing the history of Indiana Avenue. And it's great to know that there's more to come. Uh, oh, con- yeah. yeah, congratulations on Storm, and uh, keep us posted on, on what you have coming down the road. We really would appreciate knowing about it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much. Have all a great right. day. Thank you. You too. You too. Okay. Yeah. Bye. And- yeah. Thank you. And James, that's uh, that's always exciting to hear, you know, because just when you think, you know, uh, you, you learn more. Yeah. Yeah. And that history of Indiana Avenue is not going away. And thank goodness mm-hmm. that there's an effort to to to, to share some of it with, mm-hmm. with people. Yeah. And it's it's rare that you see somebody that has has written about it and uh, has put it up on, you know, on state. You know, she's yeah, she's yeah. written books about it. And I, and I guess the the research continues. So. Uh, yep. And her her vision for uh, it to be a, a place, uh, a destination place, um, yeah, historical, history, destination. historical destination. That's that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, right down the street from right there from uh, on Indiana Avenue, um, tomorrow uh, has been uh, designated as the date that that um, the new the week. The, the, goodness gracious, the monthly. Uh, food and meal distribution oh, yeah. uh, from the uh, with you know we do that once a month with the Indianapolis Urban League seven 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 Indiana Avenue, um, and um, it was you know it was postponed from yesterday due to concerns about the weather. Uh, it was postponed until tomorrow. We you know by the time we get on the air tomorrow, it likely almost always is over. So I just wanted to make sure to remind everyone that yesterday's food and meal distribution at the Indianapolis Urban League was postponed until tomorrow morning at 10. Again, our regular monthly food and meal distribution at the Indianapolis Urban League, scheduled for yesterday, was briefly postponed until tomorrow morning. Due to weather concerns, everything will resume at 10 a.m., 777 Indiana Avenue, and it will be there until the food is gone. No requirements, no questions asked. Just show up. Uh, they're still practicing COVID safety. Uh, so um, the, the drive-through and the touchless uh, distribution uh, continues. Uh, so we wanted to make sure that everyone got that reminder so that you don't uh, miss this month's uh, all-important uh, distribution. So, uh, James, busy day as always. Uh, you, Tina, you know they're going to be lined up. Well, I hope so. I hope so. We yeah, don't you know. always at the Urban League. Mm-hmm. You know, just like uh, every year you interview and have you had on multiple times this year, Reverend Hunter's Christmas food giveaway, which he does once mm-hmm. a year, mm-hmm. successfully seven hundred boxes, yeah, all gone. Yeah, and so every time that the Urban League and its partners, including um, Urban One Radio One, uh, 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 has this event once a month now. 
Um, yeah. it's, it's always, I mean, it's always all gone by the time you get on the air at 1 o'clock. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, in, in a way, we're, we're glad that people are getting it and it's it going. That none of it's, but it, it's, it shows an express need, and we'd really like for that need to go down because we want people to be able to... Uh, to to make it, uh, you know, yeah. without having to to sit in line, you know, because everybody yeah. can't everybody can't get in line to get help. So, no, uh, no. But those but that can, a, we are very solid... grateful that they can, huh? Well, Tina, what a what a a thank thankless job that is in a, in a um, a wonderful way of assisting the public. Because and it shows the need that pe- the need is still out there. The, the goal is to not have those anymore. But we ain't and ain't is a word in the dictionary. We ain't there yet. No. People still have that need. Yeah. As uh, as the uh, the congressman said, I'm getting there. <laughs> I'm not yeah. there. What did he, What was that he said anyway? <laughs> but um, uh, but yeah. But as oh, long yeah, as I'm there's a it. need, we're gonna we're gonna meet the need. And um, yeah. Uh, and so there, there, there it is. And again, we don't want anyone to be left out. And, um, yeah. you know, sometimes when you go off schedule, people get left behind. We don't want anyone left behind. So, no. uh, please make note tomorrow morning, 10 AM, same place, same time, same channel, all that good stuff. So, um, over there at the, uh, urban league on Indiana Avenue. And I, I am looking forward to more being made and more being done along Indiana Avenue because I love the history of that place. I really, really do. Yes, yes, Tina, and it's an untold story. It I mean, is. you yeah. know, uh, the, the the Walker Center does some of it. They mm-hmm. do great work over there for what they can do, but there's so many stories mm-hmm. that are, let's shall we say, just kind of buried in the mm-hmm. semi-renewal that's that's happening over there with the uh, mm-hmm. Indiana University uh, expansion yeah. down there, yeah. and 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 the goal is to protect. Pro- protect all of the history that can be saved mm-hmm. um, so that as these stories come out, then, um, you know, we'll be able to, she, she mentioned the AME church. That That's a historic, a national historic um, uh, site, mm-hmm. uh, that AME church, which was a stop on the Underground Railroad. So, I mean, the history is there. We just can't let it go by the wayside. Yeah, well. Thank goodness for people like Alita Hodge and mm-hmm. others. We really appreciate mm-hmm. it. Well, James, that's uh, all the time we have for right now. We uh, hopefully we'll see you again on Friday. Um, oh, on Friday, by the way, I know we're running out of time. I'm going to get there, AJ. Oh, I'm going to get there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, on Friday, um, we are going to be talking um, with, uh, they were guests of Dr. Tommy Brown, uh, but they're going to be guests on our show on Friday. Uh, the King Holiday uh, and yeah. the celebration that's going to be taking place at St. John Missionary Baptist Church. Special guest is going to be Dr. Bridget Franklin. She is the mm. granddaughter of Reverend C.L. Franklin and the niece of Aretha uh, Franklin. Wow. So she's going to be delivering the keynote address. We're also going to be talking with Dr. Marilyn Gill, who is the CEO of the MLK Day celebration at St. John. St. John, as you know. Speaking of local history, is rich yeah. uh, in local history with Dr. A.J. Brown. They named a street after him, mm-hmm. uh, and, and and you know that's Dr. Tommy Brown's dad. So yeah. uh, Friday's show is going to be really really good. I'm I'm excited about that yeah, because that's yeah, yeah. That's something to look forward. It is, and it's going to be rich with the 
local history and and a tribute to the King holiday as well. So when we see you on Friday, uh, we're going to be looking forward to that. Tomorrow, um, a lot more. Um, Danny Bridges, of course. uh, If we can nail him down, it's hard to find Danny sometimes. But got to go because it's (laughs) it's right now. It's time to go. But we will talk to you again Friday. We'll wrap, wrap, wrap right up. For James Patterson, I'm Tina Cosby. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you again tomorrow. James, we'll see you on Friday. Thanks. Yes, Tina. All right.